Inspiration now in session. Inspire guys, people. You are going to stop saying what you do, so you do what you say. When you open that Bible, you knew what you read. You felt the deep in your soul. The promise did not expire. Be inspired. Stop saying what you do, so you do what you say. When you open that Bible, you knew what you read. Yo, what's up, people? I am your host, Jay Will. This is Inspire Guys, people, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. This is episode 169, How the Devil Won Their Hearts. Yeah, 169 times you can listen to this show. If you haven't, what's wrong with you? Go ahead and go back and check out episode 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, till you get the 169. Nah, till you get the 169. All right, let me stop playing. Today, we're going to get a little controversial. I'm going to talk about how the devil won their hearts. Now, if you are a person that rocks with the live stream, thank you so much. We had a good live stream uh, a couple days ago. Facebook is where a lot of the action happens at. I want the action to be on YouTube, but the people on Facebook. So it is what it is. But please do subscribe to Inspire Guys People on YouTube. You can find those links in the description of today's show. Just read through there. I click the link and subscribe on YouTube. I'm trying to put out multiple videos every week. Now, we had a good video this week, and you're going to hear the audio. But as I promised, because I really appreciate my faithful audio audience, first of all, let me apologize for the fact that you're getting it a few days late on audio. All that happened was I was on vacation and we were leaving out and I have forgot. I did the live stream the night before meant to go into the studio the next day and get the audio together. And you know what I'm saying? I've, you know, I prioritize home life, keeping the wife happy, all those things. So we were preparing to travel for a couple of days. And yeah, when I got on the road, I was like, you know, I never, I never did do the audio show. So here we are, but as I promised, right, to make this valuable for y'all people who listen on audio, you will always get a little more than what's on video uh, through this introduction. So give me a couple minutes, uh, and this is, again, this is probably one of the more controversial shows that you're ever going to get out of Inspire Guys People. Why is it controversial, you're asking? Well, we talk a little bit about Roe v. Wade and the abortion issue uh, and we're talking a lot about how the enemy uses the media, celebrities and things like that in order to win over our hearts. But I really break it, break it, break it down. You feel what I'm saying? We like to break things down on this show. And I think you're going to enjoy that. But before I jump into that, here's the nugget. Here's the bonus clip. I should have made this a Marvel. I should have made this a Marvel credit, but I give you this on the front end of the day. You know what I'm saying? You're welcome. Not that you even care. You know, you're like, you're welcome. <laughs> I don't care what this guy thinks. Anyway. All right, so let's talk about this. There are so many issues in the world today that I sit back and I look at and I listen to people's opinion. I really try to listen before I give an opinion, like to understand and to make sure I'm processing everything the best that I possibly can. And there's a couple things, a lot of things going on in the world today. I don't have enough to get uh, enough time to get to today, but I, I really started paying attention to why is this stuff working? And what do I mean? I'm going to use again, look, we diving in 
um, not for the sake of being controversial or to ruffle up feathers, but because this stuff is out there so thick and so heavy, what I'm really trying to do is provide um, a biblical, Christian, logical, um, emotionally intelligent perspective on some of these things and challenging others to do the same. It doesn't mean I'm going to always be right about my opinion. That's not what this is about. When, when you listen to this show, um, I'm not into trying to force my opinion on you. But what I am trying to do is challenge you to have an educated opinion. So I respect different opinions all the time. But what is somewhat discouraging and frustrating to me is when the opinion, uh, the opinion I can talk hasn't been vetted properly or logically. All right. Based on reason. And so we're going to get into some of that. But here's the one issue I want to give you that I didn't talk about. Uh, Brittany Griner is a WNBA player that is unfortunately in Russia right now being detained on trial. Okay, so let me say this before I jump into it. Number one, because that's a, a serious issue and she is a human being. And the last thing I want to do is like put salt on her name or whatever. I have not closely followed the uh the trial i only know loosely that it seems like she is somehow caught up into like selling vape what are they vape pens the thing the the electronic smoke i think it is i don't know what those things are i just walk around seeing people it look like they smoking an ink pen i i can't do it personally you know what i'm saying i can't rock with it um but it's something to do with that so if you want to learn about britney griner situation go ahead and do that i'm not here to act as if i've been following it closely I don't know all the legal ins and outs and things like that. So I don't want to, you know what I'm saying? Somebody on trial trying to get it. Look, last thing I want to do is, is kind of throw negativity on that. But I saw something and this is where the frustration. So now again, if you following this, I'm separating like Brittany's issue on her trial and her coming home. You know what I'm saying? Because I don't wish being trapped and stuck in Russia on nobody. You feel what I'm saying? But there are a couple of dynamics to this. Hey, what I'm not going to talk about, I just said, is the trial itself. I don't know if she's guilty or innocent. I really don't. So not going to deal with that. But that does matter. If I was following the trial, that's what I would be trying to figure out. It's like, well, is she guilty? Right. Because the way people are talking, bring her home and justice for her and all of these things. Again, when I talk, when I talk like that, I like to make sense. I like to actually be saying something I believe. So it's like, well, do I genuinely believe like justice? We do realize like justice being served also means that the guilty person gets like they get arrested. That is justice. So when when people throw out terminology, I'm like, well, is it that we want justice or do we want forgiveness for BG? I don't know. So let's put that aside. Here's the thing that is a little frustrating. So her coach came out. Um, her coach here, because she's a WNBA player. So let me bring some perspective. She makes about $220,000 based on something I read today, but I'm not sure I didn't fact check it. I don't know if that's true or not, but that's about how much a WNBA superstar should probably make. I know on average, they make about $130,000 per player, which means some make less and some make more. She is, I believe, I'm, I don't watch female basketball, but she's a pretty well-known name. I know she was really good in uh, college. I think she's won a championship. She's probably a top play, paid player. I can talk at around $220,000 a year. Well, you know, the, the WNBA players, because that's about the max they can make here. 
sometimes they go to other countries because over there you can make a million, two million a year. I think she was making about a million a year to play basketball in Russia. Makes sense. You can maximize, go travel. Basketball players play overseas all the time. That's common in the culture of basketball. Although to me as the commoner, um, you wouldn't be able to ask me to go do sales and marketing in Russia because I'm not like, no, I'm good. I don't want to go somewhere where the only thing I hear is a little bit of negativity. So cool, whatever, that's my opinion. I heard her coach say something to the extent of like, if it was LeBron James, he would be home already. And I'm like, like, yo, like, yeah, that's what it is. She would be home if she was a, oh, it says she would be home if she was a famous male athlete, at least to this. I just pulled it up on Google and looked at a headline and I saw another headline that specifically named LeBron James. So here's the thing, right? You have a lot of challenging, like, again, these are statements that are made. And when you listen to the rest of the show, you're going to hear a lot about how we break this down and how I believe the devil uses these type of things to win our hearts. So now you have this situation with a female basketball player that is detained overseas. Like anybody with a heart instantly, she's an American. You're going to feel like, oh, bring her home, right? That makes sense to me. That's how I feel. Like, yo, all right, if she did something wrong, man, it'd probably be better to get her over here. And if we got to, you know what I'm saying? If we got to reprimand her or something here, then maybe that's better because I don't know what they're going to do to her over there, right? So that's that's my heart. But it gets a little deeper than that when people start throwing out, like, these, these random things to, like, further their point because they don't have an intelligent perspective. So to simply say if it was LeBron James, he would be home by now, like – Based on what premise, like based on what, like that, like we cannot just say, we can't roll with these things that like, why are you saying that? First of all, LeBron James would have to go to Russia and do whatever she did that we don't know. And we're not going to touch on it. All right. So that's that. But then just to say like, so that means LeBron can't be guilty in another country. I don't know, but it's just. People jump to things to try to touch your emotions and they think they're making a good point. But it's like, prove that. Like, if you're going to say that, prove that. All right. That's one thing. Here's the other aspect of it, of it. Like to say if she was a famous male athlete now is obviously a ploy again to to pull on your heartstring to make this about female empowerment. This gets so weird and interesting to me because. That literally has nothing to do with this whole thing. Russia's not holding her and saying we're holding her because she's a woman. They're not holding her and saying if this was a male athlete, they would be home. How do we know that Russia, they're Russia. Like they're not America. They're not making their decisions based on whatever. But I get what now here's the other point. What they're what they're saying is that um oh, but the US president America would have gone and got a famous male athlete. Wow, we're talking about war. Like we're talking about like prisoner exchanges. This is like you seen the movie Salt. <laughs> like this is like the entry scene of Salt. How do you know that? I'm not in the CIA or FBI, fam. You not like. All right, here's what I'm saying, y'all. These are the types of things that flow in the everyday news cycle today. People are saying things that sound good, but they literally 
are illogical or invalid or just haven't been proven or can't be proved. And what I'm saying is that as a society, if we operate in that level of chaos, the devil will enjoy that because the devil will definitely win over your heart in the midst of chaos. And if he can tap into your emotions and make you a more emotional creature, again, we're going to talk about this in some of the show. He will win over your heart and turn you away from God because the Bible says, I, I throw this scripture out, out there all the time. There's a way that seems right to a man, but the end thereof is death. That always reminds me that there are things that seem or feel right from a human perspective that have the uh, ability to turn me away from God. Me too. I'm human. That means I can't just fully go off of what feels or sounds good. I have to vet it out. Like, this idea in society today that we no longer have to vet things out as long as they sound good is ridiculous to me. All right. Now, let's let's go on this last part, because I heard some people giving feedback and saying, well, LeBron James wouldn't be in that situation because and they were saying this to victimize. Now, again, we're not talking about the case of Brittany Griner. Right. And I almost hate to be using her story as an example but this is a story that's out there and this is the level it's almost like every story these days is attached to a person because that's how they build their case. It's just anyway, I look, I'm not, I'm not trying to pour salt on her, but here's a, like, here's an interesting dynamic to this. To me, there are people because again, in the women empowerment age, um, look, if you want to empower women, by all means do that. But don't do it with illogical or invalid reasoning. So people started saying, well, LeBron James makes enough money. She only makes like I literally saw somebody say today she only makes two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. So she has to go to Russia to make a living. OK, guys. Only two hundred and twenty thousand dollars a year. I am willing to bet you. That even if you're listening right now and you're a millionaire, a net worth millionaire, or have saved a million dollars, I bet nine out of 10, pe 10 people listening to this right now have never made $220,000 a year. So the idea that you only make $220,000, therefore you have to go to Russia to make a million dollars a year, you gotta go. Like that's where this gets really illogical. And really invalid. And we're going to talk today about some things to further drive home my point here. I'm just really setting the stage to you for the dynamic conversation um, that we had on a live stream. Again, this was a live stream. You can see if you want to also see it, click the links in the bio. Uh, you can see it on Facebook, uh, Jermaine James or Inspire Guys people on Facebook. Um, you can also see it on YouTube, which is where I would prefer you to look at the preferred channel of watching and listening to the podcast when you want to see it visually is on Inspire Guys People YouTube page, but also always Apple Podcasts, my um, Spotify, Podbean, my listeners always appreciate y'all. But just know that if you want to see the interaction and the dialogue, and I also share some charts, I have presentations all the time. So when you go to the YouTube page, you can also see some of the things if I'm referring to um, presentations. And if I'm talking back to people, that just means people were commenting on a live stream. I'm trying to make it make sense for my audio people. Here's my last point here. Those words, she only makes $220,000 a year. 
And, and so therefore she has to go to Russia again, illogical and invalid. And we're going to talk about that. And those are the type of things I don't rock with. Those are the type of things that I feel like are probably the most dangerous thing going on in society today is this twisting of words because that's exactly what Satan does. That's literally what he does. And we have evidence in the, in the Bible to show him acting this out in person. So when I see this type of activity taking place, it only makes me think this is Satan at work. And so, but it's working. It's actually winning people over. People are actually being won over by these invalid in illogical uh, points of reason. So here's the last part of that. People who want to try to use these weird examples to prove that women should make more. Now, the WNBA and the NBA are both businesses that generate revenue. They are not the same business, but they are both owned by the same people. And I want to make this make sense for you from this standpoint. There are products that you go out and you buy in your home all the time who are uh, owned by a company that has different um, variations of that product, but they don't go to the same bottom line. They're not on the same profit sheet. So as an example, I think T-Mobile owns, um, man, I don't think, I don't know if it's Boost Mobile, but I'm just giving an example. Boost Mobile, I believe, is owned by a larger entity, right? And so what ends up happening is because just because they're owned by T-Mobile doesn't mean they're T-Mobile. They have to go out and be profitable on their own. They have their own budget, their own profit, and then they are paid based on the revenue that they produce. So just because you work for a company that is also owned by a company that is bigger doesn't mean you get paid revenue based on the bigger company's profitability. So the NBA generates about $8 billion annually. There is something called revenue sharing between the owners and the players of the NBA. That means the money that they get through TV deals and endorsements, um, the ticket sales. Think about it. you go to an NBA game. Um, again, NBA games come on TV. Why? Because people want to watch them. Those are a billion, multi-billion dollar deals. So what is my point here? In turn, players like a LeBron James are able to sign contracts based on the collective bargaining agreement that their players union and association has collectively bargained and negotiated with the NBA owners. The NBA owners are not interested in paying the WNBA players. First of all, there's not a WNBA team in every single market that the NBA team is uh, generated in. Second of all, third of all, whatever, fourth, whatever we own, the WNBA doesn't come on TV and has the, the TV deals that the NBA has. And then lastly, it's not as popular. I believe the WNBA came around in 1996, if I'm not mistaken. They're a third of the age. The NBA is 76 years old. Um, that would mean that the, the WNBA is around 26. So there's a 50-year gap where the NBA has been able to build a fan base, become popular, and bring in revenue. Now, again, the WNBA... Their players have a collective bargaining agreement that they have with their players union. I believe they signed a new collectively bargained agreement back in 2020, if I'm not mistaken, and increased their average salary maybe from like 106 a year to 130. And again, they do not generate anywhere near the revenue that the uh, NBA does. 
That's not to say that I don't want them, them women to be paid, uh, more, but you cannot illogically use the NBA as the standard of comparison. That would be like me (laughs) comparing myself to LeBron James because I play basketball in the W, uh, in the uh, YMCA and nobody comes to my games at, or I don't sell no tickets. The the hot dog prices, we don't sell more hot dogs because I'm there. Listen, people buy tickets to those games. If you want the women uh, in the WNBA to make more money, go to their games, watch their games on TV. But here's the thing at the end of the day in the sport of basketball, it is a a revenue generating business, just like your job and my job. I am not paid if my job is does not produce revenue. There is no money to pay me. So this idea that we should just illogically create a premise and conclusion of comparing WNBA players to NBA players doesn't make sense. We are in a world, everybody doesn't make the same guys. You have to make money to be able to pay people this idea, because in the last year, last couple years, we have the, the fed, the government has printed so much money that it has actually generated the mindset of the people that we're just, Hey, let's just create money out of nowhere. Let's get, look, the PPP loan has messed y'all up. (laughs) Some people got them loans and look, man, more power to you if you got it, but it's not going to be there forever. You know what? I've talked too much because I got a lot more to say. So hopefully you stick around and listen to this um, live stream, how the devil won their hearts and also check it out on YouTube. If you want to be able to follow that way as well. And thank y'all, you know what I'm saying? Because, look, I think we got like 16. So we getting like a subscriber every other day in the last 28 days, y'all. I think we got 16 subscribers. We over 159. I think we up to 152. Don't play with me, 175. Here I come. Don't play with me, 175. Here I come. Yo, this is Inspire Guys People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. I appreciate the support and the continued listenership and now watchership of all y'all people that's been rocking with us, we will be four years old on October 10th. 10-10, we turn in four. And uh, I don't know why I just said that, but let's get into this live stream conversation. Now, again, today we're going to talk about some things. You know, it might get a little, I don't know, like my goal today isn't to focus on like, the specific politics or the specific things that people are arguing and debating about. But my goal is, because I don't want to lead the witness. You know what I mean? I'm not here to lead the witness. But I do want to give you some information and equip you with ways to protect yourself from what I see happening in and around the church today and how how the devil is winning over people's hearts um, through a couple of key tactics that, if you understand them, you could break them down and you could protect yourself. But if you don't, then you really are kind of like you, you could become a victim of this. You know what I mean? And so you can be won over into evilness. Like one of the tricks of the devil is that he turns evil things into sympathetic, beautiful things. And I know that sounds crazy on the surface, but the devil has been the devil longer than you've been you. And that's one thing I always tell myself is like, the devil had an opportunity to study everybody in my bloodline. So he can actually look at the things that make me weak because again, you know, genetics, right? Like maybe my great grandfather had a struggle that my father had 
And the devil was like, ooh, I know how to get them in their bloodline every time. And I think what happens is that we're walking around living life like the devil just became the devil. The devil ain't a baby. Like He's not a baby. He didn't just start his job. You ever had a job and like at first it was hard, it was tough. Then you do the job again and again, again and again. Over time, you could do the job with your eyes closed. The devil can devil with his eyes closed at this point. And the problem is that so many of us don't recognize him that way that we, I guess we don't think the devil is real. We don't think temptation and evil is real and subtle craftiness. And we just think that, yo, I'm me. Hey, I'm living life. I I can handle anything. I'm right about everything. Everybody thinks they're right about stuff these days, but we're going to break some of that down. I'm going to share one last story and then I'm going to jump into this content. So it was maybe Sunday morning. I don't know what day it was now. I'm not, I'm mixing up my days. You know, you have an extended weekend and it gets real confusing what day it is. So I go to the smoothie shop. You know what I mean? Just me. I'm just getting a smoothie. Anybody, if you ever encounter me in life, I'm pretty social. Well, at times I'm social in one-on-one interactions. So, or not necessarily one-on-one. It could be two of us, whatever. When I go to public places, if you are a worker dealing with me, I tend to be a talkative, like, yo, ask you how you doing, what's going on. I try to be a nice person. You get what I'm saying? So the girl who's making the smoothie, it was early in the morning. So really it was just me, her, and whoever was in the back. So I'm like, hey, how you doing? You know, this was a, this was before the holiday. How you doing? What's up? You know, how, how, you know, are you enjoying your day? She's like, I'm not that good. You know, this is a young girl at that. And so it's just a very interesting um conversation. Where at first it started off happy and she was like, Oh, how are you? And blah, blah, blah. And then I act though, that's what it was. I asked her what she was doing for the holiday and she got down and out. Like she got serious. Like I'm not feeling patriotic right now. Like, you know, uh, she started talking about the Roe v. Wade thing. Now here is the thing. Listen, yes, from the gas station to the smoothie shop. The thing is, Jim, people out there, I'm everywhere, baby. That that's the thing. I'm everywhere. Like that that's what it come down to. But she starts saying she was down and out. She starts talking about the Roe v. Wade decision and saying she doesn't feel feel patriotic. Now, again, I was like, "Hey, I hope you feel better." Again, if you encounter me, I I'm not the kind of person that just tries to come at people with my points of views or opinion without relationship or some type of dialogue. So I I left it at that. I didn't try to like dig or anything, but I found it interesting on a couple of levels. A I was looking like, yo, she's really like engulfed into this whole thing, right? And that made me think like, man, the enemy is really crafty at how he reaches us. And also the other thing that was interesting about that is that when I go out in public and I interact with people, especially when they're at work, like people are very open with their political views, but only when it seems like they're sharing like some common narrative that's being pushed out in the world. So every, every issue has like a common narrative that's pushed out. That's just marketing. You understand all these politicians, they have marketers and people writing their speeches and leading their campaigns. That's just business. That's how it works. So there's messaging behind the politics and the things out there today. I know a lot of us want to believe that it's just all about the issue, but really it's about the message messaging and what they're trying to accomplish. So today we're going to talk about some things, right? Because I see the devil winning people's heart over with the surface level issues. And the reason I'm saying this this way is like, it's not just the Roe v. Wade. It's, it's a lot of things, regardless of what side of the 
argument you stand on. My goal is to equip you with some information today, some tactics to understand how to protect yourself and really even challenge yourself about like, what do I genuinely believe? And am I allowing the devil to win over my heart? And let's jump into it, right? Because I think when I jump into this, you're going to be able to hopefully understand and rock with um, the content today. So how the devil won their hearts. Um, let's first start with the Bible, man. This is, this is really where it all starts, right? Genesis uh, chapter three, verses one through seven. I'm gonna rock this real quick. This is the English standard version. It says, now the serpent was more crafty than any other beast of the field that the Lord God had made. He said to the woman, listen to this. You gotta like really see how he rocks. Did God actually say, you shall not eat of the of any tree in the garden. That's what I need y'all to understand. The devil is so crafty. Notice his first question on the surface. It sounds like a simple question. It sounds like he's just asking, oh, I just really want to know. Did God really say that you don't want to eat off of any tree in the garden? That's how the devil operates. The devil doesn't operate and come at you and just knocking stuff down and, you know, all loud or whatever thing. The devil comes to you as like a caring confidant that really wants you to be at your bed. Like he really sounds like he wants the best for you. But there's a lot of craftiness to what he did. And I really want you to pay attention. He said, did God actually say you shall not eat of any tree in the garden? So what the first thing that that would imply is that he doesn't actually know what God said. See, this is how deceptive the enemy is. He will ask you a question that he knows the answer to, but he's trying to change your perception of the answer. I know it sounds kind of crazy, doesn't it? But let's rock with this. Verse two. And the woman said to the serpent, we may eat of the fruit of the trees in the garden, but God said, You shall not eat of the tree of the fruit that is in the midst of the garden. Neither shall you touch it lest you die. Now, here's what I found interesting. The devil asked Eve a question that both of them already knew the answer to. This is where this is where it gets crazy. This is where it gets really crazy to me. He asked a question and the goal of this is, I believe, what up, Irene? How you doing? I believe that we are not critically thinking through things. And part of the reason why the devil is winning over our hearts is speed. Life is coming at us so fast. There are so many news stories in the cycle every day. It's like they just got bullets in the chamber and they letting them loose with a semi-automatic weapon. Maybe that wasn't the best example. But my point is the, the stories and the topics come at us hot and heavy. Every day that we wake up, there are new stories strategically chosen. This is not like anybody who rocks with me. You've been listening to the podcast. We got over 170 episodes, 180 episodes of audio on Apple Podcasts. I actually think it's a great time to tell you, you should go and listen to the podcast, Inspire God's People. Um, But we have over 180 episodes. We don't mess with conspiracies. We don't jump to conclusions. But I do believe in critically thinking through things. So I like to take my time, step back, slow it. Slow it down. I tell people all the time, every news story in the cycle each day is not my problem. Number one, I'm not God. Number two, mentally, physically, emotionally, I actually cannot carry that burden. 
I actually can't handle to know everything. Like, do you know if something happens right now in New Zealand, if something crazy happens, it might pop up on my phone because Apple decided to alert me through the news on the iPhone. I can't handle that. There are times that I'm getting news from Oklahoma or Chicago. It's like, yo, I'm in Michigan. The local news is more than enough for me. I can barely handle that. So what am I saying? Some of us are getting caught up in the speed of things. Things are coming at us so fast that we're not taking the time to step back and critically think and reason logically through these things. So what's happening is one of the ways the devil is winning over our hearts is keeping us at the surface. He's not allowing us to dig deeper and to critically think and reason through the the issues and the topics that are coming at us. So what's being sold to us is one-liners and marketing campaigns and memes. And these things can be very convincing because the devil is very strategic. He asks you questions that he already knows the answer to, that you already know the answer to, but he has a really unique goal in asking that question to change your mind or at least imply something different. It's like, it's actually kind of crazy how he does it. Let's get back into it. So when you go to verse three, but God said, you shall not eat of the fruit of the tree uh, that is in the midst of the garden. Uh, neither shall you touch it lest you die. Verse four, but the serpent said to the woman, see, I want y'all to understand something. When you're dealing with the devil, there's always a but. And there's always something that he's trying to convince you of through illogical and invalid reasoning to change your mind. Everything starts in your mind. That's why the Bible says in Romans, be ye transformed. How? What? By the renewing of your mind. Some of us, again, I might be guilty too. This, I'm not pointing a finger at you. I'm just talking about the world and how we are moving through the world today. We are allowing our minds to be corrupted with so much false information, so much emotional. See, if you only deal with an issue on the surface, you may actually believe something different than you truly believe. In this situation that we're breaking down right now, the serpent was living on the surface with Eve and trying to convince her by asking her questions, presenting himself as someone who cared. Like, yo, let, let's let's just get back into it. Let, let's get back into it. What up, Liz? Keep thy heart with all diligence for out of it are the issues of life. Thank you for sharing that scripture. I, you know what? I encourage y'all to share scriptures. I love that. As we're thinking through scripture and talking through these things, we should be reminded of other scriptures, right? Out of our heart flows the issues of life. That's a great scripture because the devil is winning over our hearts and what we're doing, Liz, thank you for, for bringing that up. We're actually allowing our hearts to be the gospel. So we're almost worshiping ourselves because what we're saying is that what I feel in my heart is actually more important and more the truth than what the Bible says. So if the enemy, if the devil wins over my heart, meaning he presents a topic or an issue to me on the surface, he has to keep you on the surface because if you logically reason through it, he knows you will get to the truth. But just like Eve, if he can keep you on the surface, he could change your mind and win over your heart. All right, let's rock with this. Uh, where are we at? Uh, verse four. But the serpent said to the woman, you will not surely die. Notice how if you go back, uh, let's see, let's see. Verse three, it, verse three, it says, neither shall you touch it lest you die. This is Eve talking. But then the enemy jumps in and says, you will not surely die. 
I need you to understand something. The word surely seems subtle. If you blink, you might not even notice that it's there. So God said, if you touch this, you would die. The enemy comes back and says, but you won't surely die. And what ends up happening is in order to deceive us and win over our hearts, the devil slides in little words, little wrinkles, little nuances that are actually invalid reasoning because they don't support the premise, right? The conclusion should support the premise. Whenever there is a premise being presented to you, the conclusion that you arrive to should actually support the premise, not contradict the premise because the enemy was not uh, telling Eve that God didn't talk to you. The enemy didn't go to Eve and say that God isn't real. Notice that. Notice that the serpent never said God isn't real, never challenged the validity of the conversation that Eve had with God. But what he tried to do was change what God said by adding a new word saying you will not surely die. Jackie, what's up? Little technicalities. Do you feel me, though? And that's how the enemy operates. So let, let, let's go to verse five. For God knows that when you eat of it, your eyes will be open and you will be like God, knowing good and evil. Verse six. So when the woman saw that the tree was good for food and that it was a delight to her eye, to the eyes, and that the tree was to be desired to make one wise, she took of its fruit and ate. And she also gave some to her husband who was with her and he ate it. I want you to understand something about the enemy. The enemy is not just coming to change your mind and to get you to be out of pocket and to draw you away from what God has called you to. He wants to draw away the people that are close to you as well. Your husband, your wife, your children. The enemy doesn't just want to change your mind. He wants to use you as an influencer to change someone else's mind. And I think we see this happening across the world every day today because people are being influenced by the enemy and they're using that influence to go out and change people's mind with surface level arguments that really don't stand up against the fire of any type of real objection or any type of real um, interaction or dialogue. It's really just, hey, if I create a meme that says something that touches your heart, you will take this meme as the truth without ever even testing it with the fire. The Bible says, try the spirit by the spirit. There are things that we should be doing there are things that we should be testing. We should be searching the scriptures. We should be studying. Uh, to what is it? Uh, reprove. Uh, I can't even think. Of, I'm sorry. Like my mind just scattered on that. Judge me later. Okay. Let's jump back into this. So here's what we have going on. I want to talk to y'all a little bit about fallacies. Okay. And again, now we're about to jump into some of the the tactics that the enemy uses, and I genuinely believe that the number one goal, I ain't going to say number one, that's an exaggeration, but one of the key goals and tactics of the enemy is to actually just twist and change the argument with these subtle, invalid um, reasonings in order to change your mind. And he does it in ways that, again, you will not surely die. He adds a word. He takes away a word. He puts music behind the commercial. Let me tell y'all something. You can take a dog eating a biscuit and put it behind some violins playing and make a commercial telling us how we should also eat dog biscuits. And I'm telling you, I might shed a tear. 
You have to understand your own emotions, man. The enemy uses your own emotions against you. You are emotional, but you should have emotional intelligence. You should also understand logic. You should also understand reasoning. You should also understand. And again, this is when we talk about the Bible. The Bible is not just something we should just read and toss around and treat it like it's the, a horoscope or a fortune cookie. This is the word of God. This is something that we should be studying and looking at and also understanding the context of the things that are being said in it. There is no book in the world that you just open up to any page and read it without understanding the context and run with it. But we do that with the Bible. We close our eyes, open it up. Oh my God, Psalms 118. There we go. Let's, we read that and then we never actually find out, well, what's being said? Who's saying it? Why are they saying it? Uh, what's the context, the timing, all of these things in order to be able to properly apply it to our lives. And that's what we're talking about today. What we got? Liz, study to show thyself approved unto God, a workman that needed not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Thank you so much for sharing that rightly dividing. Let, let me just say this, right? Thank you for sharing that, Liz. Rightly dividing the word of truth. Listen, y'all, I know we want to, we just want memes. We don't want to take any time to step back and think through anything. You, you probably don't have time for this right now. People probably like, I'm, I don't have time for this, Jermaine. Could you put this in a 15 second Instagram reel so I can digest it? No, I want to challenge you to actually take a step back because we should be rightly dividing the word of truth. And unfortunately, in order to rightly divide the word of truth, it's going to take more than a 30 second reel. It's going to take more than a TikTok video of somebody crying, singing, dancing, or a baby eating pudding. You have to rightly divide the word of truth. That means it's going to take some effort. That means it's going to take some time. But if you really care about the truth, if you really care about the issues that are in the world, and one of the reasons I'm creating this video and this content is because there are a lot of serious issues happening. And the problem is that if we don't learn how to critically reason through these situations, the devil will continue to win over people's heart because all he got to do is uh, give you an opportunity. Most people, a lot of influencers out here, I understand it. That there are people that's like, yo, I'm trying to get an endorsement or I'm getting my followers. I I've watched this through the years. I will watch a major Christian influencer, pastor, rapper, artist, singer, whatever it is. They will skate away from the serious issues in the church in a minute, but let there be something that the world puts their stamp of approval on and they will be at the front lines acting like they're the most brave person in the world, you know, speaking up and speaking loud and speaking proud. If you are a believer, man, if you believe and love the word of God, I don't understand how we could say that God gives us these platforms and we never use them to give him glory. Look, I don't care what you ate for breakfast today. Look, we make videos about everything. Congratulations. 20,000 people want to see you eat an apple today. But if you have that kind of platform and you call this ministry and you call yourself a believer, you should be brave enough to rightly divide word of truth. And if you're rightly dividing it, yes, yeah, some people won't like it, but you're not doing it out of hate. So many times what happens is the, the devil paints the image of Christians, Christianity, believers, he paints this image and we sit back and allow it because we don't say nothing because we have not allowed challenged ourselves to rightly divide it. When you rightly divide something, it's much harder for people to take it and try to spin it for what they want to do it for. That's just my two cents on that. All right, let's keep it rocking. So let's look at what a fallacy is. Um, and this is part of what I believe the enemy is using 
uh, to get us. A fallacy is a mistaken belief, especially one based on unsound argument. Then it also says a failure in reasoning, which renders an argument invalid. Faulty reasoning, misleading or unsound argument. So let's let's really take a step to think about this. I believe that one of the ways that the devil is winning over people's hearts is fallacies. I believe that the devil is creating invalid arguments and reasoning. He is taking a a topic that you care about. He's taking something real and he's spinning it. And I'm going to give you one example of how people spin things. Whenever you see data and statistics, statistics are very, very deceptive because people can take statistics and make them mean whatever they want them to mean. I'm going to give you an example. Let's say if there were 10 people and all 10 of these people drunk this juice that was making them sick. And now all, all 10 of those people also, you know, chewed a, a pack of bubble gum, but the pack of bubble gum only made six of them sick. It didn't make all 10 of them sick, but here's the nuance. So what the data would say is that the juice made 100% of the subject sick, but the gum only made 60% of the subject sick. So you would say that the juice is more dangerous than the gum. But here's how you could flip that. Let's say that whatever the juice did to them, even though the symptoms are exactly the same, let's say we we came up with a with a rule where we all agree we're not calling that sick. Whatever the juice did to you, Uh, juice doesn't count as sick. So we could say we can come out with a commercial and we can say the leading cause of sickness. It makes 60% of people sick is this bubble gum because we want to get this gum off the market. But what we've done is we've padded the evidence in order to have a technicality where we don't call the, the juice what it actually is, right? That happens, believe it or not. Um, and I know like one of the things is I, you know, abortion is a very tough topic for people to think through and talk about. I'm not going to go too far down the road, but I do want to just share like some factual statistics. This is fact, right? When it comes to abortion, as an example, you will read about the number one cause of, um, death in the African American community and it will be health related. They will say that the number one cause of death in the African American community is hypertension and high blood pressure, right? And a lot and high blood pressure and hypertension kills a lot of people. So that is true. But here's where it's tricky. Um, I think starting back in like 2013, I think New York was the first state in 2013. Don't mark me on that, but I advise you to go look up the numbers for yourself, where for the first time in the black community, there were more, more babies aborted than born in New York. Now, what I can tell you about abortion that's tricky is way more babies are aborted than in and then people who die from hypertension, but abortion isn't counted in the death statistics. So if you don't count something in a statistic, you can change the data to make it seem like something else. Now, again, I'm not here to argue with you about the nuances or however you feel about an abortion. I'm only giving you factual evidence of the fact that there are more babies in some States aborted than born. Now, Just speaking as a black man, this is just, again, simple math in the way that I look at things. I look at it and I say, man, this is this is interesting. As black people, we are minorities. 
Now, the Hispanic race is really going to be the majority, I think, in the next 10 to 15 years. Don't quote me on that. But there's data that supports the fact that they are a growing population. Cool. Great. The African-American community, we have such a small voice and we are the minority. At the same time, we abort more of our babies than we allow to be born. So just off simple math, again, I'm not getting, I'm not trying to debate or anything about your feelings about abortion. I'm just breaking down some simple math. If we allow more of the babies to be born, then we might be the majority, which a lot of the things I see us complaining about is like, you know, we complain about not having a voice or wanting other people to give us a voice. I'm like, man, there might have been another way to solve this issue. Let's just give birth to more people than the rest of the races or nationalities, which I'm not saying this in a literal sense, like, yo, let's do that and then go against everybody. That's not the point. But what I'm saying is when I look at it now, here's the last part I want to add. Also want to add that um, when you when you really look at the fact that um, what was her name? Margaret Sanger, who started Planned Parenthood. Again, this is just fact. I'm not getting into any like debates or something. There was, what was it called? The Negro Project, I believe it was called. The Negro or the Black Project. The entire goal for Planned Parenthood in the beginning, and everybody knows this now, it was to eliminate the Black race. It was literally to do that. To do that. That's not a conspiracy or anything. That's just the truth. Well, they've changed the messaging again. It gets really tricky with this stuff because if you change the messaging on things, you can win over the hearts of people by simply changing the messaging when the results and the outcome are exactly the same. But so what's intriguing to me is that something that was started and pushed to black people to eliminate that, that like, again, this isn't me. This is if you just read the actual, like the origin of it, it, it actually is successful. And we are now like aborting more than we are birthing. But if these nuances of like, if it's not a baby, then it's not a murder. If it's not, but, but it could have been a life. But so if it's born, it is a life. And then uh, you understand how tricky this stuff gets. The reason I'm bringing up something so dynamic as abortion, again, not to make you mad, not to get people up in arms, is to simply say, when we have something so layered, we really have to think through it. And as much as we want to make everything black and white for the sake of a Facebook post or Instagram post or a meme, because we want, you know, we post these memes in a matter of fact way. And that's one of the things that's really interesting to me about the way we communicate these days is that we communicate in, in like matter of fact, black and white ways about very complex issues that at times we haven't even given the proper time or effort to actually study. And so for me, just thinking through logic and reasoning, I'm like, how can we come to conclusions if we don't even understand the premise and we haven't even broken down the premise to understand like, what are we calling what and why are we calling that? And and then asking ourselves, well, what do I truly believe? You get what I'm saying? If you keep people at the service, you at the surface, you can win over their hearts with messaging and music and getting your favorite celebrity to have a commercial. And I'm not saying those things are all bad, but what I'm saying is that, you know, I'm the kind of person where if you want to convince me of something, I ask questions. If you want to sell me something, I ask questions. I want to know like, well, why, why, why are you saying I need that? Like, 
you know, and if we live on the surface, the enemy will continue to win over our hearts and we haven't critically thought through. Now, if you critically think through everything and properly uh, research the data and you still land at the conclusion that you feel, then I'm not mad at that. That's the other thing is that I believe when we grow through our critical thinking and reason and that we also are able to disagree with people without, you know, being angry at them. A disagreement should not always equal anger. It just means that me and you read the same book. We looked at the same data and we feel differently about it. And I think that's okay. But part of what's being pushed in the world today through invalid reasoning is this idea that you can't have an opinion that's different than mine. Listen, I'm telling you right now, if you're watching this and you feel different than me, like I'm a Christian, I believe in Jesus Christ. If you don't, that's fine. I could still talk to you at a, a smoothie shop. I could still go to the movie with you and ask you how you're doing today. I could still shake your hand and do a business deal with you. I don't have to project out of my emotions the way I feel onto you, but I am open to a logical, critical thinking and reasoning to have a discussion with you where I believe strongly in, in the data and the research and the, the reasons I believe what I believe in a way that I can share them with you, not in a forceful way, but just share them and allow you to critically reason. But the devil doesn't want you to critically reason because if you critically reason, he might lose your heart. See, if he could just keep it on the heart and stop you from actually thinking beyond the surface, then he can win you over. All right. So that's fallacies. What's next? What we got on board next? Um, so here's a couple of things about fallacies, right? Um, fallacies are errors or tricks of reasoning. Now, when it's an error, it's accidental. When it's a trick, it's if a speaker or writer uses it in order to deceive or manipulate his audience. This is very important to understand. Fallacies can be an error of reasoning or a trick of reasoning. So again, if it's an error of reasoning, it just means that I created an invalid argument by mistake. I didn't mean to do it. Like I gave some wrong data or I gave the wrong statistic. Like what I just said about New York, if you look it up and you like, yo, it wasn't more babies born, uh, aborted than born in New York in 2013 or 14. Jermaine was wrong. That would mean that's an error in reasoning, right? I, that would mean I gave you incorrect information and you should feel free to hit me up, D, DM me or email me or leave a comment and tell me that I was wrong and share the right data, right? And then I would have to relook at it and say, oh, wait a minute. It was 2015, whatever it is, right? But that would be an error of reasoning. A trick of reasoning would be if I was to purposely leave out or change information or add a, a word like the serpent did, you will not surely die in order to manipulate my audience. This is very, very tricky. A trick of reasoning. All right, so let's keep it going. Um, this is important. Whether a fallacy is an error or a trick, whether it's formal or informal, it uses its use undercuts the validity and soundness of any argument. At the same time, fallacious reasoning can damage the credibility of the speaker writer and improperly manipulate the emotions of the audience or reader. Whether a fallacy is an error or it's a trick, uh, formal and informal is just simply a formal, uh, a formal fallacy means the form of the argument is incorrect. Right. Like the structure of it, meaning that your conclusion, you have a premise and we're going to look at an example real quick. But you have two premises and the conclusion is just completely off the rails. An informal fallacy means the content is incorrect, uh, the substance of it. Right. So, again, that would mean if I gave you incorrect data, 
that would mean that was an informal fallacy. At the end of the day, the premise might be set up properly for a proper conclusion, but the uh, the content in it makes it informal because I gave you false information. If the enemy gives you false data and false information, it's an informal fallacy. If the enemy structures something incorrectly, twists words or to deceive you, that's a formal fallacy, right? These are just ways to think through reasoning. All right, so when you think about a formal fallacy, here's an example, right? Uh, Most formal fallacies are errors of logic. The conclusion doesn't really follow form. It's not supported by the premises. Either the premises are untrue or the argument is invalid. And here's an example. Premise one, all black bears are omnivores. Premise two, all raccoons are omnivores. So here's the conclusion. All raccoons are black bears. Now, we know that that's not true. Now, again, when we talk about fallacies and these invalid reasonings, when someone gives a premise and then they give another premise and they jump to a conclusion that has nothing to do with either premise or it's just incorrect, right? All black bears are omnivores. All raccoons are omnivores. Then the conclusion, that doesn't make you the lead. Well, all raccoons are black bears. No, that's invalid reasoning. But if you only have somebody's attention for 15 seconds, you might be able to make them believe that. Do you know? I I want you on your own to look through your timeline tonight after this video and tell me how many formal or informal fallacies you see, whether it be a meme. I saw some the other day. I I actually saw um, AOC posted a post AOC. If you don't know AOC, this is one of the major politicians that's pushing socialism. Um, she has like 18. Don't, don't give me, she has millions of followers on Twitter and Instagram. And AOC says something really tricky. She said, um, ah, I have it on my phone, but I didn't, I didn't put it in this presentation. She said something to the effect, right? Don't quote me on this, but she said forced pregnancies are something against humanity. Um, and she was talking about the Roe v. Roe v. Wade thing, but she says something interesting, forced pregnancies. And I thought, wow, that would imply again, whether you I'm, I'm not here to tell you whether agree or disagree. I'm just pointing out some of the messaging and things that I critically think through when I see it. Maybe I want to agree with AOC and I'm giving her a chance to say, let me read and see what AOC is saying. But when someone says forced pregnancies are and don't quote dot 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 it was like something to say it's an uh, uh, act against humanity or something like that well a forced pregnancy we're talking about logical if i told you someone forced someone to get pregnant then that would mean that the that they forced them to have intercourse like that's not the same a forced pregnancy see if you wanted to technically be right with the point she was trying to make she would have said a forced birth But she understands that in order to have a greater impact, to stay on the surface, to win over people's hearts, you have to use certain messaging and terminology. So you would say forced pregnancy. Well, that's a fallacy. We're only talking logic. People, there's no law that's forcing you to get pregnant. Like if you are not pregnant right now, right? If you're not pregnant and you have no intention to get pregnant, there is no law going around that says, hey, hey, you that doesn't have a baby that is doesn't want to have intercourse or doesn't want to have unprotected, inter- whatever it may be. You know, this is a family show. Hey, you, I'm going to force you to get pregnant. See, that is just invalid reasoning. And that's what I'm talking about today. 
I'm not trying to lead the witness and make you agree or disagree with me. You can go in through the reasoning yourself. But what I am saying is that there's a lot of invalid reasoning and people's hearts are being won over to the enemy. And here's the thing I'll say. If you're going to go to any either team, whatever team you're going to go on, right? Whatever side of politics and all that you're going to go on, wouldn't you prefer to have logically reasoned and critically thought through and really believe the side that you on versus having been tricked to be on the side that you on? See, I don't have a problem with people on any side of politics or anything like that. You can kind of do what you want to do. That's what I love about being in America is that you have the right to disagree with me and I shouldn't harm you. Uh, I shouldn't be uh, disrespectful to you or anything. But that also goes the other way around. Just like people could come on the internet and they could share why they're for something. I should be able to share my perspective, right? Just like people at work can say how they feel. I should be able to say how I feel, but we're creating an environment in the world today where in, in order to uh, destroy God's uh, traditional values and families and the doctrines of the Bible, we, the enemy wants you to be invalid in your critical thinking, illogical. He wants you to jump to conclusions that don't support a premise. He wants you to just utter things that are not the truth, but they sound good. People rally and protest for things that are invalid logically. And that's scary. That's a really scary thing. Let's see what Christian Palmer says. Oh, remind you of how to look, Christian, I'm going to be honest. Um, I saw the Creflo dollar thing. That's a good, that's a good example, right? I didn't, I saw that it's being talked about. I haven't watched what Creflo said. I think I watched the first five seconds and I got tired. But that is a great example, right? These things are coming on the internet every day. There'll be something tomorrow. There'll be something to go into uproar about tomorrow. And that's the thing you have to understand about the 24-hour news cycle and the unlimited access that the internet provides us, which can be really good, but it's also really challenging. Again, when I look around the world and I see people are emotionally challenged and we talk about mental health so much, also ask myself critically, well, what's causing the increase in the need for mental health and awareness. It might be the fact that we are consuming so much information at a rate faster than any other generation in human history. And we need to sit back and be honest about that and realize that my grandma didn't have to worry about the news in Texas. She was just in Detroit. Like she didn't have to worry about the news in a whole different country. That's a lot for us to bear. So just something to think about. All right, let's jump into this. Let's go back. So uh, what else we got? Oh, man, I love this one. So one of the things that um, I genuinely believe that the enemy does to win over our hearts is he uses people that we love. So if you know about a parasocial, a parasocial relationship, a parasocial is a relationship is a one-sided relationship. So think about celebrities. Uh, we're going to use an example today to rock. That's just an example. Nothing that I'm saying is to bash the rock or, you know, kind of tarnish his name or something. We're just looking at an article that was written around how much money he makes um, to post on Instagram. Right. So, again, this isn't to talk derogative about him, but I'm using the example like the rock. You know, the rock. I know the rock. The rock don't know you. The rock wouldn't know you from a can of paint. He definitely doesn't know me. Right. That's a parasocial one sided relationship. Now, I'm not saying that that's good or bad, but it's something to critically think through and understand the dynamics of a one-sided relationship. When you genuinely think you know a person that doesn't even know you exist on earth, that's a challenging and interesting dynamic. Again, very interesting that I know The Rock, Dwayne The Rock Johnson. 
right? I, I, there are times when you have parasocial relationships, you even think you know the person because of how you've watched them act over, you, like, I think I know Denzel Washington. I feel like if I was in a conversation with Denzel, I feel like I know how it would go because I think I know Denzel. Denzel don't know me. And I probably, listen, Denzel might be told, you ever, I, I'll give you this example. You ever met a celebrity in real life that you only used to see on TV and they was an idiot? You ever met an idiot before? And you was like, man, I'm surprised that person is an idiot. Well, the reason is because you don't know them. Anybody can, you know, not anybody literally, but a great actor can act. That's what they act. That's what they do. So sometimes I feel like when I'm watching an actor in an interview, how I know he ain't acting. Man, I would, I don't trust Denzel, Tom Cruise, or Will Smith in an interview because these guys are captivating, compelling, smart, articulate. But I'm like, man, like how I know he ain't just in a role right now. I don't know Denzel. That's not his fault. But the point I'm making is the enemy uses the, the parasocial relationships and our love and affinity for celebrities to control the messaging. When you look at most of the messaging in the world today, it's driven by celebrities. It's driven about marketing and branding and things like that. Actually, I did an episode that I'm going to reference. Episode 34 is entitled Marketing is Mind Control. I advise you to go and look up that episode if you haven't heard it. And I go in depth about how marketing, I have a marketing degree, by the way. I work in sales and marketing and may have been for 15 years. And so like, I understand a little something about marketing and how it works. And it is ultimately a mind control tool. Although that sounds a little harsh, it's not always intended to be that harsh, but that's just the factual results. Once you, again, sit back and logically think through what marketing is, why does a commercial for Reese cups come on the TV and make this Reese cup look tantalizing to me? Because it's trying to control my behavior. They want me to act on it and go and get up and buy a Reese cup, which I'm probably going to do after this show, because that's one of my favorite pieces of candy. So they're trying to control me. They want me, they want to control my behavior. That's what marketing does. When you take a celebrity and put them as the voice of a message, it gives the trust for the celebrity to the message itself. So again, you might not trust Inspire Guys People to podcast, but if Denzel Washington came on Instagram tomorrow and said, when I want to hear the truth, I listen to Inspire Guys People to podcast. Okay. Uh huh. Uh huh. Okay. Like if he said that, then all of a sudden, because you trust Denzel, whom you don't know through this parasocial relationship, you would then in turn now trust me in this show. And we see those levels of marketing and endorsements and trust being pushed on the people and transferred every single day. And there's nothing wrong with that. I'm not saying that's bad, but I am saying you, I am saying you should be aware of the fact that like, yo, if just because the rock is an expert at working out, like if he shares his political views or his views on some topic, like why does it matter? He He's not an expert on that view, but be, again, because you trust him, we get to the point where we want celebrities to speak out. I think they have the freedom to speak out, but I don't need them to speak out for me to believe anything. It's like, Hey bro, you a good actor. I wouldn't care what you thought about, you know, some political policy. It doesn't matter to me. You're not an expert in that field. But again, let's jump into it. All right. So, um, The Rock, man, this is a, you won't believe this is a Yahoo Sports, um, article, uh, through Afrotech. And this is from July 4th. This is from yesterday. 
Um, so you can kind of see all the sources there. You won't believe how much Dwayne The Rock Johnson reportedly makes per Instagram post. All right. How much does The Rock get paid for an Instagram post? According to Hopper HQ, Dwayne The Rock Johnson makes, drum roll please, $1.7 million per sponsored post on Instagram making him the sixth highest paid celebrity on the platform. The outlet confirms that as of this writing, he has more than 325 million followers on Instagram. Olivia Jones. What's up? Ironic. You're talking about marketing and mind control. I've been practicing minimalism for the past six years. And for the past three months, I've been reducing my carbon footprint on this planet because I believe in the green theory and living in a sustainable life. Can't wait to chat with you about this summer. Yo, what up? Thank you so much, auntie. Appreciate you sharing that. That's a good example, right? You have this, you know, that that's a dope comment because you talk about this factor, like, you know, someone who believes in the green theory, right. And reducing their carbon footprint and having a minimal um, lifestyle. I, I applaud that from the standpoint of like, again, marketing causes us just to have clutter to buy more to spend. And we don't even know why we spend this sometimes. It's like, yo, why do I, I just upgraded my phone six months ago. What this one, you could drop it in the toilet. Now I got to get another phone. Everything else is the same. Again, that's just understanding what I like about what you're saying is what I'm a fan of is you being in control of your behavior and us all being in control of the decisions we make and being aware of the influences around us. Now, again, we're emotional human beings and creatures. Things will influence us. It's not that influence is bad. It's that you want to make sure that you're being influenced by the right things, by the right people. All right. So, so look, let's, let's peep this out. Let's peep this. 1.7 million Instagram posts. Um, it says there's only other one other black celebrity on that so-called Instagram rich list. Um, and that is none other than Beyonce who comes in at number eight and makes 1.3 million per Instagram post. So let's talk about the rock. Let's talk about Beyonce just a little bit. The rock. Let, let, let me just say this. Hey, I'm, I'm going to make a post on Instagram tonight and I'm going to get nothing. Okay. And I, you know what? I've earned nothing by the way. I've earned that right. I'm not mad at The Rock. I, I love capitalism. I, I applaud the fact that you could position yourself as an influencer to be paid $1.7 million just to post something on Instagram. But with that said, what that also allows me to see is I know that you have the potential then to make a biased post. And this is where it gets interesting. If someone paid you $1.7 million tonight, to post a pair of shoes on Instagram that you genuinely believe are ugly and uncomfortable, but they ask you to post yourself in a picture saying these are beautiful, comfortable shoes. I want to ask you a serious question and I want you to tell the truth. And if you're watching this right now live, I want you to put it in the comments. If you want to replay later, put it in the comments. Would you accept the $1.7 million to lie about the style and comfort of a pair of shoes? I want to know. I want to know, I want to know. Here's the thing. Most of us are going to take that $1.7 million, right? And we're going to tell people that these ugly shoes are cute and that they comfortable. Now, what that would also mean is that if we have 300 million followers, we have just told 300 million people 
that the we think these shoes are cute. Now I'm gonna be honest, I'm not even mad at you because you're making the 1.7 milli. But if I know you making 1.7 million in Instagram posts, I am going to critically think and reason for myself through everything possibly that you say, because I know and understand that you might, you just might have a little bit of bias. Thank you, Livia Jones say. No, I love it. A little bit of integrity. No, I still must answer to God. My great can't do it, but I would be mad about it. Look, look, let's be real. I love that last part you said, but I would be mad about it because that's the reality of it, right? But the thing that's challenging is, remember, we don't know celebrities. We don't truly know them. We don't truly know their character. So is it possible when a person is making a million dollars to post something on Instagram that they might twist it up a little bit? They might add a little fallacy. They might do it as an error of reasoning and not even a trick of reasoning. But my point is we sometimes blindly put our trust in people that we don't know on any level and they don't even know we exist. Let's see. Quentin Shines Jr. What up? Right. You like those shoes because you getting paid a whole lot. of. That's my whole thing. That's my whole thing. Thank you, Jackie, for uh, the heart. Oh, man. Crazy, right? You like those shoes. All right. So here's here's, um, you know, I'm about to wrap it up. This is one of the last things I want to talk about. Uh, this is from Psychology Today. Um, this is actually a this is a pretty old article. I think that says 2011. I don't remember uh, the lure of celebrity and endorsements. Um, so this is by Susan Cross Whitburn. Uh, Fight the urge to look like the latest trendsetters. So. This article, one of the things I like to do when I'm critically reasoned through things is I like to go and look at, you know, things like, you know, people always talk about the science. Like, so I like to look at psychology. I like to look at science, but I like to try to look at articles from an unbiased time. For instance, you know, when, when I don't even want to get into the, the topics and things, but if there's a, a, a trendy topic going on in the world today, I don't go look at the articles that were written today. I go and look at the articles that were written 10 years ago, five years ago, because I want to know what were people saying when they had nothing to gain from saying it. That's just how I think. You might have a whole different approach. But when I really want to know something about a topic, I go look at like, what was the science saying 10 years ago? What were people thinking about this topic? Because again, one of the things in the world today is the topics change so fast, I can't keep up with them. The junk is happening quick than a mud. It's like, wow, every time I look up, there's something new we got to protest, something new we got to be mad about. I'm going to be real with y'all. I don't like, I'm not even mad. And then so I get up in the morning and y'all tell me to be mad. And it's like, oh, we got to be mad today. We got to protest this or that because it's like, wow, I don't know. They said it. They said we got to do it. And that's how some of us literally are. Uh, let's see what uh, Jackie is saying right here. Steve Harvey been divorced 18 times, wrote a book, made a movie, had a talk show about relationship. You know what? And, and, and you said, in no degree. I Listen, listen, more power to you, Steve. I'm not mad at you. But I think that's a great example of like how we blindly follow information that we haven't vetted, that we haven't even reasoned or critically thought through. We haven't like, you should always be poking holes at information that's being pulled, pushed your way. You should do that with this show. Like, I look, go and read and research this stuff. That's That would be the biggest compliment to me is that you actually went and go and research some of this stuff for yourself. 
So the lure of um, celebrity endorsements. So there's just these five things we want to talk about. How can you resist the inner lure of celebrity endorsements? Here are five tips, five tips, right? So one, realize when you're being lured. Don't be drawn into celebrity marketing. The famous faces that adorn ads ranging from cars to makeup there to draw your emotional reactions. The more you know about your brain, how your brain reacts, the better you can resist the attempts by marketers to influence your buying decisions. This ain't me talking. This is a PhD, Susan Whit, uh, Whitborn, telling you that you have to be aware of when you're being lured. Remember I said earlier, like one of the biggest problems is that because we're living on the surface, we're not actually taking the time to critically think and reason. So we're being fooled and the devil is winning over our hearts and we don't even know he won it. There are some of us that actually think we are standing on a word of God and we're standing on a word of the devil. And that's a dangerous place to be. Thank you so much, Liz. I appreciate all the listeners. Look, man, would y'all please share it? Tell somebody about it. Appreciate y'all commenting and liking it. Also subscribe on YouTube, please. Inspire guys, people on YouTube. If you're not watching on YouTube, check it out. Go look at some of the old videos and look at Apple Podcasts, Inspire Guys People. Got over 185 episodes for you to check out with this type of information and more. Um, Got interviews, all that great stuff. Let's look at the second thing. Don't confuse fame with expertise. Trusted uh, stars such as uh, Sam Waterston, who helped sell TD Ameritrade, aren't really financial planners. You may have liked him on Law and Order, but would you really trust him with your hard-earned savings? Again, this isn't this isn't a knock on endorsements, but this is just understanding what endorsements and things mean. A person is paid millions of dollars to say support a product. Now. In defense of them, right? Here's another way to look at it. If the person who is being paid, the actor or celebrity has integrity themselves, then it is okay. They're going to vet a company. They're going to make sure it's a company that they support. They're going to make sure it's a company they believe in. Then they're going to take the multi-million dollar check. There's nothing wrong with that. So I don't want you to think I'm bashing endorsements and marketing, but I'm also just saying you should be critically thinking through and understanding when uh, when your favorite politician goes around hugging and kissing babies and, and the election comes around and they get some celebrities to uh, speak on their behalf, that celebrity may not be an expert. Look, you might have been a great actor, but are you an expert on these political and social issues that are important to me that I want to get them right? I don't want to just be emotional about things for sake of being emotional. I want to have the right results. I want to be on the right side of history. I want to critically think through. And by all means, um, and this is um, as a black person, I'm speaking now. Right. And this is really important to me, what I'm about to say. And one of the things that drive me to talk how I'm talking now and put out this type of information is that. We talk about slavery, we talk about injustice, we talk about all these things, and then we enslave each other. We we don't want each other to be free because as black people, sometimes in our community, uh, we put all the pressure to follow the community. No, a free I'm free. If I'm free and you free, we ain't always going to be on the same side of every argument, every debate or every uh, issue. And that's what freedom is. Do you know that when the blacks were set free since we just had Juneteenth that passed recently, there was something called the Freedmen's Bureau and the the black codes. These were laws that were specifically created for the free, the newly free African-American slaves. And the reason that these laws were created was that the um, non-blacks, if you will, feared black people who were enslaved now being free. 
They free, they fear the freedom of black people. So they created laws so that black people who were free could still not be free to hinder them, to handcuff them. This ain't conspiracy. So what I'm saying is I don't take that lightly. That's why I take freedom seriously. And I say like, no, don't be afraid of my freedom. Even the, even my black brother, my black sister, my neighbor, my cousin, my friend. No, I'm not afraid of your freedom. I like you being able to critically think and reason for yourself. Look at you. Go ahead with your smart self. Even if we disagree, go ahead, do what you're doing, player. I see you. I feel you like do that. Like believe that whatever you want to do. But by all means, don't handcuff me. Don't create new black codes created by black people to hold black people back. See, a lot of people talk all this black stuff. You don't hear me talking all that stuff in in some socially driven way to get a lot of attention. But I, I believe it in a real way. I read these books by former slaves like uh, Booker T. Washington and Frederick Douglass. I know the work that they've done. I've seen the path that they created, the, 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 that they, uh, the trail that they blazed. And these people were people that believed in freedom. So be careful the next time you want to uh, silence your, your next, your brother and sister. Now, look, I feel that way about Americans, period. But I'm specifically talking to the people who get so caught up into the emotional aspect of the race issue and allow the devil to win over their hearts. And then you end up pushing an agenda and a narrative that does nothing but keep you enslaved anyway. Like, no, dude, black is limitless. Like, I, yeah, I look, we too, we too quick to call everybody a coon or a sellout who has a different perspective of us. I'm going to give you an example. I watch people. I literally watched this with my own eyes. When Ben Carson got into politics, Dr. Ben Carson, He's from Detroit. You feel what I'm saying? He got a school in Detroit. Ben Carson, I never heard a bad thing about him until he openly became a Republican. And then I saw black people sharing pictures of him and his wife next to Obama and calling him and his wife ugly. I'm like, y'all walling. I don't care if you disagree with his politics. You don't ever take a successful black man like Ben Carson, who's one of the greatest doctors on the planet a neurosurgeon, you don't take somebody at that level and degrade him because he disagrees with you. You're not really for the culture if you're doing that. If everybody who disagree with you is a sellout, you the sellout. You the one that ain't critically reasoned through. You're the one who ain't actually thought about what's being said. You, Jay-Z and Beyonce said vote this way, so you just voted. You're not real. That ain't keeping it real. You're not authentic. You ain't thorough. You ain't keeping it 100. I don't care where you're from. That's not real. If you really care about this stuff, you're going to critically reason through so you could be on the right side of history, but you're not going to take another black man and somebody, somebody, uh, uncle, somebody, grandma, that's somebody family. They from the hood. They from Detroit. What is wrong with you? That man grew up in the gutter. He was getting into fights all the time. His mama started making him read books. He turned himself into one of the greatest doctors in the world. I wouldn't care if I disagree with his politics or not. I'm going to celebrate that. And too many of us falling into the trap, but we talked the bliggity, 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 bliggity black stuff. Everybody talk that stuff. I don't talk all that stuff in a divisive way. I talk it as being proud of my culture, being proud of where I'm from. But I want to see all people. Look, I talk about being united by faith all the time. But I'm just calling out the people who talk this black stuff and they talk it so fake, like so fake. Some of us talk more than we do. We talk all that stuff. Then we go somewhere and don't even leave a good tip. Come on, man. Don't play with me, dude. I see. I I don't allow people to push me into a corner, all that stuff. Like I went to, I went to a black owned restaurant today and left girl, old girl, a 40% tip like that. That's what I believe in. I don't just like anybody could talk all this stuff, supporting the community. I was in the hood. I was on seven mile. 
I was at the restaurant. Service wasn't the best ever, but I still left her a tip because she worked hard. You feel me? I'm sorry. Y'all, y'all, y'all get me going, man. Thank you, auntie. Y'all get me going, man. I can't, I can't even handle this stuff. Um, let's see what's next. Number three, before you make a purchasing decision, turn off your emotions. Our impulse purchases are usually the ones that get us in trouble. Make our own buying decisions on solid objective grounds. Before you make a purchasing decision, turn off your emotions. Now, some of us got a huge problem with that. Look, man, it's some of us walking around in Gucci. And if we wanted to be honest, our lights is off. We don't have a good couch. Um, Our kids ain't in the best school. Like, we so emotional. We want to stunt. We want to prove. Listen, stop buying stuff to prove to people that you are something and be something. That's my philosophy. I just be something. I don't got to prove nothing. I don't got to drive nothing to prove it to you. I don't got to wear nothing to prove it to you. I'm going to just be it. See, can't nobody change. Look, when you, when you're not really that, when you really ain't that, you got to talk. You got that. And that you got to get all emotional. I, I, I made a post recently that was like, people get super emotional and mad with their responses because they don't have a logical or an intelligent response. They haven't thought about it. They don't even actually know what they think. They only know how they feel. And some of us are living, walking through life completely being led by our feelings. We don't even know what we think because we haven't thought about it, but we know we feel. So we make every decision on what we feel. We drive what we feel. We wear what we feel. Like we wear designer clothes because again, a celebrity wore it. Listen, I can't afford the clothes Jay-Z wear. I wouldn't care, man. I wouldn't care what kind of shoes he got on. I can't afford it. I'm not a billionaire based on my assets, based on what Forbes said about Jay-Z. They say he a billionaire. Listen, I, I shouldn't be dressing like him unless he bringing it down a thousand because I'm nowhere near a billionaire. So some of us, again, we're so emotional. We watch people on TV. We want to be like them. We want to act like them. We get in the surgeries they get. And it's like, yo, wait a doggone minute. Like, I can't afford that. I can't get, I can't afford to get a, a, a calf injection to make myself two inches taller. I'm sorry. I can't afford that. I don't care who, who will, uh, I don't, if you got the app, you a celebrity and you didn't pay $50,000 to get abs. Listen, man, more power to you. Enjoy yourself at the beach, but I can't get it. Listen, we got to live in reality. Turn your emotions off. Stop trying to be something fake for people. It's like everything is so fake. I don't know what's real. I don't know who's real. I don't know who's a spam bot. Some of us act like real life human spam bots. We got to stop doing that and be people, man. We got to be people. I ain't got nothing to prove, Quentin. You feel me, fam? Thank you, Liz. Like we gotta, we gotta chill with that, man. All right, let, let's let's finish this out. Number four, do your own research in the products. I think that's pretty simple. You feel what I'm saying? Like, look, man, doing your own research will get you really far in life. It doesn't mean if you do your own research and I do my own research that we're gonna land at the same conclusion. But you could feel a lot more comfortable about the conclusion that you land at when you know why you landed there. There are people sometimes that feel a certain way about things and they only feel that way because somebody on the news or Instagram or social media told them to feel that way, which means they don't actually know how they truly genuinely feel or what they think. They've only been told to be mad about things. I've seen this. I've seen it the past couple of years. I've seen people be genuinely mad about things 
only because somebody told them to be mad. People get mad about news stories. And I'm not saying they shouldn't be mad. But they get mad about, I'll give you an example. This, this per, I'm only sharing what perplexes me, right? I'm not criticizing anybody for feeling how they feel. But it perplexes me logically. People will be in an uproar about a news story that happens 600 miles from them in a state that they've never visited. Their local news will have the same things happening and they're not mad. That blows me away. How can you be more upset about the national news and bat your eye and ignore the local news that's happening in your community? That's just like, for me, that blows me away. If you're truly passionate about something, if you truly care about a topic, which there are people out there that do, like I know there are people out there who uh, care about these topics um, and care about doing things. Look, my cousin, Curtis Beth- Bethany III, I think it's this Saturday down in Newport News, Virginia. He doing a dope cookout. Um, I'm going to be real with you. I was I was thinking about just flying down there this weekend. And I started looking at these flights this week. I'm like, dang, it costs a lot of money to fly down to Newport News. I was going to just pop up on Cuzzo. And um and hit the hit the um hit the cookout, man. And uh I'm like, man, I was looking at them flights this morning like it's crazy. But my point is you have people like that who are out there. Some of y'all are out here. I, I want to show love to the people who really doing it and who really putting in work, but I just get tired of people who talking and they not, they don't really mean it. They fake mad. Stop being fake mad. Being mad or passionate, it ain't about what you do in front of the camera, it's about what you do when these cameras off. You don't look some some stuff that I'm doing, man. I don't even have time to record it. Like I could be so busy. I'm like, oh, I never recorded that, but I did it. We got it backwards. We trying to prove we did something by recording it. Just do it. If you record it, cool. If you don't, cool. You still did it. Doing it matters more than recording it. Let's see what else Quentin says. In my opinion, what a person doesn't get mad about compared to what they do get mad about says a lot about them as a person. I ain't mad at that at all. I ain't mad at that at all. All right, so number five, last one, y'all. Be wary in stores at your point of port purchase. Pictures of celebrities aren't limited to ads. As you're making your buying decisions, look around and see whether or not a product you're about to buy was paired with the celebrity face somewhere in the actual store or even the product itself. Psychology can help save you money and make the wise purchasing decisions as long as you use your brain wisely. Resist emotional advertising, even as it threatens to permeate your cortex. Woo! Don't let it permeate your cortex, fam. Look, y'all, this is just the kind of stuff I like to talk about, like to think about, and like to encourage others to do so as well. Reading uh, articles from PhDs um, like Susan Whitborn in uh, Psychology Today, reading through the Bible, we read through Genesis chapter 3, and also looked at some articles in Yahoo and Afrotech about The Rock and Beyonce making over a million dollars to post things on Instagram. These are things I want you to think about. I don't need you to feel about them the way I feel. I'm not projecting my feelings on you. I might have shared some opinions today. But the goal, the win to me, is if you go out and you critically think for yourself and you start thinking twice before you just run with something emotionally and also understand how your brain works, understand how your emotions work. I'm reading a book right now called Emotional Intelligence because I want to understand how these things work. I've read things like switch on your brain because I want to understand how my brain works from neuropathologists and the things they've studied and that they've looked at in the brain. Because when you understand these things about yourself, 
you can also be on guard a little better to be like, yo, wait a minute, I'm allowing my emotions to get out of attack or uh, so on and so forth. And of course, again, being led by the Bible is super important to have a spiritual biblical foundation and understand what God's intention was for his word so that the enemy doesn't come back to you and twist up his word. And I should have put the scripture in there when Satan went uh, and took Jesus to the mountain because Satan even twisted up the word talking to Jesus, who is the word. He has no boundaries. Don't let the devil win your heart with fallacies, with invalid reasoning, with emotional tactics and things to keep you on the surface or with their famous, beautiful, lovely celebrity faces that you don't know these people. And I'm not saying that means they're bad people. That's not the conclusion I'm coming to. But because you don't know them, you should not automatically trust them with certain intimate and real topics. And I think so much of life today is about a marketing campaign, a commercial. You could put music behind anything. I'm telling you right now, I might put a bar of soap in the sink today on Instagram and put some violin music behind it. And you might feel sorry for the soap uh, losing his life in the water. The point I'm making is be careful, man, and be real about and be authentic about what you believe. And also be careful about how you disagree with other people, treating people bad. Uh, Violence is definitely a no. Um, All this emotional name calling. I see more adults bullying than I ever seen kids bullying when I was in school. Adults, I see more adults trying to apply peer pressure than I ever experienced when I was in school. And those things don't come with logic. It's just people forcing you to believe what they believe and pressuring you. And we ain't giving into that because this is America, at least where I'm at. You might be watching this anywhere in the world. I believe in freedom. I believe in love. I believe in people. I believe in God. And I hope you enjoyed this show. Please share it, comment, all that stuff. Check us out on YouTube. Inspire guys, people. Look, man, I'm look, I think we've been doing this a month or so. I think I'm up to 148, 145 subscribers. Let's get to 150. Where are the two people at? Well, is there one? Is it you? You know what I'm saying? Look, I'm enjoying the journey. I'm enjoying the process, man. Whether five people or 5,000 people see this video, I appreciate you being one of those people. And I appreciate you rocking with me and supporting this content because I think it's important that we get real relevant content out there. This ain't surface level. I know I like to dig deep. You know what I'm saying? I like to wax poetic and go deep with you because I'm, I'm just not a person. I would rather go deeper with five people than to go wider with and stay on the surface with a million people. I don't need a million people to see my video if it doesn't change anything, if it doesn't touch anybody. But if five people see this and this touch your heart and this leads you to your purpose, which is ultimately what we're trying to do with Inspire Guys people with the content we're creating. We got much more content like this coming. We got um Millionaire Mindset, um Financial Academy coming. I've got more interviews, all that stuff. So look, thank y'all. God bless y'all. Love y'all. I got to get out of here, man. This has been an amazing time. And I hope you be inspired. I can see beyond the tears you cry and the pain you feel. I saw every hill you had to climb just to make it here. When you say you ain't afraid to die, is it fake to fear? Is it safe to say you lie? You can be real with me. When you blame the haters, God made you. God made you. You're the reason you ain't made it. You're the reason you ain't made it. Take your focus off the fame. See the purpose that he gave you Create to lift his name Jesus That's how we go from down and out to made new I can see the newer you the save soul It's deeper than the dollars in the pesos The devil is still on attack You gotta be quicker than that
stored up treasure in heaven. You can't be richer than that. I mean, how you gonna be richer than that? Stop saying what you gonna do till you do what you